Welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast. The final episode of season four. Merry early Christmas to everyone celebrating and happy early new year. 2020 has honestly been quite the year. I think we can all say that is an understatement. So we're going to stay positive that 2021 will be a better year for all of us and that these vaccines are the definitive solution to COVID-19 so that the world can begin to hum properly again. Also, thank you so much to everyone who still listens to this podcast. I see all the statistics on the back end and I am super, super grateful. I can't even front. I honestly can't. It has been a struggle balancing the podcast with work, but I will continue to do my best to keep my head firmly above water and not drown in 2021 hashtag save me lord now joining me to end 2020 on a positive note is shola mogaji better known as shawls she's a seasoned and influential radio presenter music curator event host and businesswoman in 2004 she returned to nigeria from england and started her journey in radio in 2010 after being discovered and recruited to work at classic fm 97.3 Charles has interviewed various high-profile celebrities and dignitaries, worked with various leading companies, and anchored numerous high-profile events. She's also the CEO of Charles 66 Entertainment and is the co-founder of Stage and Booth. My conversation with her covered working as a radio presenter in a COVID-19 world, finding your voice on radio, the current state of Nigerian music, why curiosity is important and so much more now before i get on with the interview if this is your first time listening to the show and you are wondering what the podcast is about a quick and simple summary is that i help to unravel the often confusing world of music arts and entertainment through fun and insightful discussions with nigerian artists creatives lawyers music and business executives Now, if that sounds interesting to you and you want to stay up to date on all our interviews, both future and past, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, AudioMac, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio or Stitcher Radio. Whatever your poison, we got you. All you have to do is type in T-H-E-S-N-C podcast which is all one word no spacing so that's t-h-e-s-n-c-p-o-d-c-a-s-t that's it now let's get on to the show welcome to the snc podcast ma <laughs> hi <laughs> should i say would you are you comfortable with me calling you shawls yeah shawls is fine. okay welcome to the snc podcast shawls hi slash how, are ma. <laughs> how are you doing ma i'm good it's um two weeks before Christmas, I think. Or is it three, two, three, three and weeks, and a half, right? Yeah, about three weeks. Do you have any plans? Despite the fact that we have COVID-19 and all these different issues in the world. Um, I'm essential services, so I'm going to be working right through everything. Yeah. Uh, I've got a week off, you know, in between. But I'll be working, you know. Um, and that's what I do every year. I mean, mm. my kids, if they're around, we just go out on Christmas Day and yeah. then they do their thing. But otherwise, uh, I'm quite happy to work. Are your kids coming home for the holidays this time? No, they're not. This year has been a very interesting year. So they're staying over. And when I'm done, like next day, I'll go see them. Yeah. 
And what has this year been like for you before we just jump right into the interview? I think I've been one of the lucky few in that uh, because I'm essential services, I've been at work, I've walked right through every day. Um, So I haven't gone through any of those things that people that I know have gone through, you know, being home, working from home, not going anywhere, the lockdown, you know, the curfew, have a pass that takes me from work to the house. So Mm. I've had a bit more leeway than everybody else. So apart from the emotional roller coaster. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, it's it's not been so bad. Mm. It's not been so bad, really. It could have been worse, and so I'm thankful. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that as well. Do you think you would have loved the opportunity to have worked from home? Because you just mentioned that you haven't worked from home. You've just been going to the office. So would you have, because I'm not so sure if you saw the trending earlier in the year during the pandemic, Uh lots of radio presenters were working from home. Would you have loved that opportunity? No, because it gave me a chance to get out of the house. And that Mm. alone cleared my head, made me feel as normal as possible in these times as well. So I, I, you know, I... I wouldn't have liked it. Okay. So. Now, um, still sticking with the pandemic, what has it been like at work? Because we all know how terrible COVID-19 is. And with the fact that the studio is a communal space, how have you managed that situation? Because I work on Classic FM, the station has mature people, so to say. So everybody's very conscious of the fact that, you know, you have to sanitize, you know, we spray the mic, the mouse, the keyboard. We are spray. If you talk too much, we'll spray the air. <laughs> we'll spray you. So, um, and then, you know, we stopped doing interviews. Interviews were now virtual. So you just had like your colleagues, your colleagues to deal with in the office. And so... If you were on a show, more than two people, then, you know, we stopped those shows. And at some point, we stopped the shows for two people as well. So it was, you come on Monday, I'll come on Tuesday, and we balanced it that way. And when we did go back to two people, it was like, okay, a healthy distance between your mask on. Mm -hmm. um, And anybody coming into the studio, when things started to get better, had to have their mask on, sanitizer, and um, just managed it as best as we could without losing our minds, I guess. Mm -hmm. Did you trust that your colleagues were being safe and conscious as you were? Because I think a lot of times we see our friends and families and everybody has a different reaction to COVID-19. Some people are like, there's no COVID-19 in Nigeria. I mean, literally I went to work yesterday and the gate man was saying, Auntie, there's no COVID-19. I'm like, okay. So while you were going to work, were you Uh concerned about your safety? I mean, initially I was very anxious. I mean, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating. It took me a while to settle into, you know, the fact that, okay, we're all going to be okay if we just do the right thing. Um, And at some point when I get to work, I was yelling if I was on the corridor and you were walking towards me, you didn't have a mask, I'd start screaming, where is your mask, where is your mask? Mm -hmm. Um, I used to walk around with a, a sanitizer. And um, if I go to the loo, I'll spray. If I mm-hmm. want, if I touch a door, I'll spray the doorknobs. Mm-hmm. I'll spray the door itself. Mm-hmm. It was crazy in the beginning, but as you know, we sort of settled. I don't want to use the word settle, but it's a word to use mm-hmm. into the new reality. I found out that uh, I got better. I started to sleep a bit more, um, and and we all would have a conversation every now and then. Like you know, if you're leaving the studio, spray. But when I come in, even though I know you've sprayed, I'm going to spray my own again. I'm going to spray the mic. I'm going to wipe the, you know, um, the the workstation. So it got better. And uh, after a while, it just became a routine without even thinking about it. So if the last person didn't do due diligence, you would come in and just assume that, let me just wipe just in case, you Mm -hmm, know. mm -hmm. Um, So it it got better. And um, as a radio presenter, during the early days of the pandemic and even now, how did you go about 
connecting with people in terms of like your, your listeners because you just mentioned that you were anxious and obviously it wasn't just you i was anxious my mom was anxious people's parents so how were you able to um connect with people so i think for me it's a bit different i early on in radio when i started radio i it took me a while to get going but once i decided that on radio i wanted to be personal i wanted to do personal radio i didn't want to do radio for or say the right things just because i wanted to do radio as in, so if you're listening to me, Shawls and Shalomogaji, one and the same. It's my radio name, but it's one and the same. So mm-hmm. if you meet me out of the studio, I'm the same as I'm in the studio. So it made it very easy for me to just have those conversations, especially talking about the things that I was going through. Mm-hmm. You know, missing my kids, not being able to travel. You know, I had a, a, my mom, uh, I, couldn't, I, had, I couldn't hug her, I couldn't see her, mm-hmm. and I know what it was doing to me. So whatever was happening to me, That's I was fun. putting it back out there as in, look, guys, how are you guys coping with, you know, can't hug anybody, can't, no handshakes, we couldn't go out for dinner, you couldn't do drinks, you just had to sit at home. Yeah. But what I did was to personalize it in such a way that whatever I was going to talk about, I was so sure someone was going to connect to it and that's all I needed. And so that's, that was my feed for, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in a personal way. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I've had a day where I woke up crying, I'm going to come on radio and say, man, I woke up today and I was just in tears for no reason. I didn't understand it. So it was a bit different for me. I think I connected straight away because I, I struggled a lot in the beginning, like, okay, so I can't travel. You know, normally I travel three times a year. Mm-hmm. I've only seen my kids once this year. It's wow. like, it's upsetting, it's, you know, but talking about it also is good for me because I then realized that I'm not the only one going through, other people are going through this as well. So mm-hmm. it was, um, it was a lot easier for me, yeah. you know, what songs make you feel better. And music is such a heal. I think we all forget what music does for you. You can play a song and send a message to someone who has just totally given up on, you know, maybe they've lost their job, you know, their home, mm-hmm. and they're going through things, marriages, relationships, you know. Music, for me, became the new way to, if I couldn't say it, or I couldn't find the right way to say it, there would be a song to say what I want to say. Yeah. So and, that really helped me. And then did you find your playlist changing a, a little bit? Because, okay, go ahead. You, I see you nodding your head. Oh, yeah. I'm nodding my head because my playlist went from, you know, uh, you're going to make me lose my head. <laughs> exactly. I've been here to heal the world. Yeah. We are the world. <laughs> Those kind of songs. Mm-hmm. It, it, it changed to songs that will make you feel better. Mm-hmm. I used to use a hashtag on the show, um, if, even if I'm on with Chico, and it would be hashtag feel good vibes. Mm-hmm. Songs that, you know, when you listen to you, you're just kind of like, okay, it's not so bad. Songs that will make you forget what you're going through. Songs that will help you to deal. Songs that will sometimes force you to deal so mm-hmm. you can move on. Mm-hmm. So my, the playlist, or oh, the playlist yeah. was changing every day. So yeah. if I had a day where I was tearful, I'm like, when I get to work today, I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing feel good. Yeah. And if I get to work and I feel like, ah, I'm so down, you know, I, I really don't feel like, you know, then I'm playing songs like uh, Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness, Everything's Gonna Be Alright, mm-hmm. those kind of songs, you yeah. know, Nothing's Gonna Break My Stride. So playlists were really important back then, you know, yeah. in the pandemic and still is now because people are still going through it because it's now, it's been long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you touched on something about your personal on radio. And I saw an interview that you did a couple of years back and you had mentioned that when you first started, your friends had said that this is not Shola that we know on radio now. Like, why is she all shy and quiet? (laughs) And (laughs) 
that's so there are two questions to that how do you go about finding your voice as a radio presenter one and in this day and age that we now have cancel culture the freedom i think that you were able to when you first started i feel like that freedom in a way has diminished because lots of people whether it's a radio presenter or a tv presenter whatever because yeah, you, you don't want to edit what you say exactly man. so how do you how would you balance that how do you balance that now okay so when i started on radio i've always been a radio person i mean radio i could man radio was my thing growing up because mm-hmm. you know i didn't have money to go buy the cds or the records so radio was the next best thing so i used to record them on on tapes mm-hmm. you know and i had lots and lots of music my everybody in my family is a music head so yeah. it helped but when i started radio i didn't go to radio radio found me so i was just somewhere just chillaxing having a conversation about oh this music oh man this producer oh the front the album cover and some guy was just apparently there the whole time just looking at me like what is who is this person and i didn't know and after talking for like two hours he just walked up to me and said hi you know my name is tintin imavare i think you'd be perfect for radio and i remember saying to myself under my radio call radio because i was just like look i'm just you know i'm just being me you know and i he gave me his card he said make sure you call me but i didn't call him wow. after three weeks he picked up the phone and called me why didn't you call him because i was just like i didn't want to do radio like who's going so, to so, be talking on radio i knew yeah i wasn't thinking of the music side all i could think was radio eh i have to be talking i have to no i'm not i'm not interested and your family members have encouraged you your parents no i didn't even say pim to anybody <laughs> okay i just kept it to myself he called me and said look quickly at the very least just come in and have a chat with me and when you're coming bring some music so i said to think of the music side of it so the day i was going to speak to him he said bring music and then music at that time was cds mm-hmm. records it's 10 years ago and so i carried my crates and when i got there and at the reception then he said oh come upstairs so i came upstairs i walked into the studio and he looked at me and looked at your crates like you literally have the music i'm like yeah 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 i have the music you know and he was like wow and so we just started talking about music and whatever he was like look listen listen you were born to do this you know the music you know you know your onions you know mm-hmm. and he convinced me to come on radio but he only convinced me about the music. I knew I could do the music with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. But the talking. And even though I'm a very talkative person, I'm an extrovert. I was like, man, talking on radio is <laughs> What do you uh, what, what was it about it that made you just a little apprehensive? The talking part on radio. It was like I would mess up. I would mm. say something stupid yeah. or I won't have enough information about something. There would be some political discussion and I will fall short or I will give up the wrong information about something. Mm-hmm. Or just say a word I'm not supposed to say on radio. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, okay. So I was, so I was like, okay, it's okay. Just do the music. You know, we'll bring you on as like a, you know, like a DJ. You know, you'll just play the music. You don't have to do the talking. And so that's how he lured me <laughs> yeah. into radio, um, into radio. And so I started with that. Somewhere along the line, one day they just uh, he started a competition about um, or you know, for those of you who want to know. Is DJ Shaw's male or female? You know, let us know. You know, some people will send messages. Oh, we think she's this. We think she's that. You know, mm-hmm. he's that or that. And then one day, we were just doing what we would usually do when we're not on air. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking. I was like talking about this record and the producer. And there's one other song that sounds like this and whatever. And he had put on the button. Wow. And so everything I was saying. Was being aired. And then I just heard him say, there you have it, the voice of DJ Shaw's. And I was like, oh, 
my wow. God. <laughs> and then after that, it became even more difficult because then whenever, you know, he opened the mic, I would just say, yes, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, you know, I was monosyllabic yeah, to start with. Yeah. I was so nervous. Whenever he said, we're going to talk in five minutes, hey, I'll be running up and down to the bathroom, you know. I was always so nervous. Mm-hmm. But eventually I started to do the talking. But my talking was guarded. It was like I was so, I don't want to mess up. Um, and I also didn't use my regular name because I didn't want anybody to know it was me in case I messed up. So oh, okay. instead of using my nickname, I came up with Charles. So people would be like, ah, that sounds like no, but that's so not you just came name. up, you just came up with Charles. Yeah, I just came up with Charles as in Shola. The Charles yeah. for Shola. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll use Charles. I didn't use my nickname. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, I went through the motions for a while. I started talking more, but still leaving things unsaid. Mm-hmm. But it took me about uh, three years. Wow. They yeah. were that patient with you. It took me wow, three great. years. When people started to say to me, you don't sound like the Shala that I know. You're always so vibrant. You're so, you know, mm-hmm. when you're talking, you're laughing. You're a bit silly, a tad crazy. This show's on radio is so tame. Yes, you do the music, talk about the music, but every other thing you're like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe, you know, I was still like holding back. And mm-hmm. I think um, maybe my mom just said something one day about, um, I, I don't recognize yeah. this, my and child, just, you know, whatever. And, and that got me thinking for a while. Yeah. And then without thinking about it, I just started to, thinking, yeah. you know, started to evolve. And it's gotten better yeah. since. So now I go on radio. I forget I'm on radio. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that's the best part of doing radio for me is that when I'm on radio, I'm in my living room. I'm having conversations that I'd have with you, mm-hmm. whatever. And then at some point I'm like, hey, Charles, did you just say, you know, because, yeah. you know, you're, you're on radio. Yeah. Um, that's that bit. As to the freedom of um, speaking, Your I think mind, you yeah. have to be very clever about the conversations that you have on radio. So you can say as much it's how you say it and how you how the narrative plays out to the person who's listening. And how did you get to that point? So initially, you know, I'd say one or two things that would land me in hot water. And mm. then I, but you also struggle with the, I don't want to compromise who I am. You know, I want people to know that I'm intelligent and I, and I know, you know, I have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. And mm-hmm. so... If something's going on that everybody is condemning, I can't come on radio and say, I don't agree, you know. So you start to get creative about saying things about, well, you know. So you do that, you know, nod your head left and right and say what you say to the left and say to the right. Yeah. But you're not going to say it in such a way that they can hold you to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit like, you know, they catch you by the elbows as yeah. opposed to catching you from the wrist. Mm-hmm. But it took a while. It took, you know deciding to have those conversations because otherwise what will happen is that you won't have those conversations at all and for me i felt like my listeners wanted to hear what i thought about things how i felt about certain things and so eventually i started to cultivate the habit of saying what i wanted to say but finding the best way to say it it. so it's a gradual thing and even now where you know now is like oh you have to cross your you know cross your t's and dot your i's Put, put equals to seven. Yes, you know, you, everything has to be. You, I find that it, it will. I will still say those things. I will say it with humor. I'll say it with a song. So mm-hmm. I'll play a song, and the song has said some beats, and I'll come back and say something like, a, "Man, that song is talking about whatever is going on right now in this in Lagos, or you know." And I would be able to have that conversation at least. Let people know that 
this is where I'm going. I mm-hmm. can't go there this way, but I've taken this way, and but I'm still saying the same thing. Yeah. So it's a bit. Um, it's easier for maybe those of us that have been on radio for well, a while, exactly. and, you know, have been able to do that transition before. Those who are just starting, it's probably very difficult for them to do. Um, of course, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, because then they, they, they have no sense of, okay, well, hey, can I, do I, let me just leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a balance between doing your job and hiding from doing your job. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay, and I like to believe that Classic FM has policies about speaking on certain things. They do. So, and nobody's going to tell you, you'll, fit, you'll hear the conversation, you'll read the stories and you'll know that, okay, I can't say this, but I can say this. Mm. And then let the listeners say the rest. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to come back to questions about radio presenters, but we know you as someone who loves vinyl records. Yeah. But I think when you first started, vinyl was dying. But now we have seen, we have, I mean, it seems like there's a resurgence. With the records that you have, do you intend to pass them on to your children, sell them? That's, my, that's the first question before I get to another one. So... My records, let me tell you what I've done with my records over the year. Because it's also time consuming. You know, mm-hmm. you bring you bring the record, you clean it, you yeah. put it on the turntable, you bring the needle, you put it... It's like, oh, please. So it's there. But I have converted all my records mm. to my laptop. So wow. everything I have by way of records is now on my laptop. Wow. It's taken me years to, to do, do it. All my CDs as well, I have, you know... Um, put on my laptop, mm-hmm. converted, you know, to my, so it's easier because it's just one thing. You just come here, you just press play and you can listen to everything. So I keep my CDs, a few of them, you know, um, obvious to you right now. Some of them stacked away somewhere. Eventually I would like a, like a, a home studio where I have wall to wall vinyls mm-hmm. and wall to wall CDs yeah. and, you know, studio speakers and all of that. That would be a plan to have like a, my own little place where I can go to and just do my thing. So, yeah. yeah. Because imagine if they make it some, I was reading some article that there was a guy, people have made money off of having the, all their vinyl records kept properly. Like there was, a, there was an article on like some guy making a lot of money because they made a movie about the anthology of um, America, the evolution of music in America. And uh-huh. the guy made a ton of money because he had lots of vinyl records. Mm. So I would never sell one. Yeah. It's so personal. This is these are songs. I mean, my pocket money was so little back then. But out of my pocket money, I would run to Samako Records, Ojo Leba, and go and buy um, a, a, a record. Mm-hmm. I would not buy one. I would buy two. I would buy the album and yeah. then start buying the singles from the same album mm-hmm. because remixes are better than originals. Yeah. You know, sometimes. And this is these are the albums that I didn't buy lunch in school. I denied myself my <laughs> yeah, my, my cake, colored cake, and whatever to buy. So I'm not about to yeah. sell them. I, I want to keep them. Yeah. When I see it, I'm like, you know, I don't do shoe and bag and whatever. That's my investment. So I'm not. Okay. I'm not happening. <laughs> okay. So one other question I have about vinyl is this is personally for me. Mm-hmm. Where because my mom has a ton of vinyl records. Mm-hmm. Where can where do you know where they sell um, vinyl record players? Well, in Lagos, Jazz Hall. So Jazz Hall does. Jazz Hall has a lot of records. They've got a lot of CDs, and you can order. I mean, I, mean, I know Jazz Hall having, okay. but what about the player itself? The player itself, you know. So those kind of things, you get creative. You get online and type in. There's selective shops even here that okay. will sell or order for you if okay. you know exactly what you want. Yeah. But there are people who sell them here. People who are into like sound. Yeah. 
like real sound you know they they have everything that makes sound sound perfect mm-hmm. they usually would have um vinyl record uh, players as okay. well okay cuz the ones i saw on amazon and i was like really trying to have to ship that all the way you can it. also buy them second hand Okay. And second, a lot of secondhand stores have them. Okay. Because people are getting rid of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I was, I was like, I need to make sure I ask you that question because mm-hmm. you're like the expert, so you probably would know where to. Oh get yeah. From. Yeah. Now, um, going back to radio presenters, lots of people start off their career on youth-oriented um radio stations, mm-hmm. even though it's generally a radio station, but maybe youth-oriented radio programs. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, do yeah. you feel like people need to be strategic in thinking about okay? Agbatinde, maybe I need to transition to older leaning programs. Mm. Is that something they should be thinking about? Or it should be more about how can I stay relevant in connecting with the youth? Yeah, I think that it's all about the connection. It doesn't matter if you work for a new school station mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or uh, an old school station. You, you, the radio presenter in you, the music lover in you, you can go in any direction you want. So like on Classic FM, we're not allowed to play new music, but I know new music and people know that I know new music because I put it out there. They're like, yeah, this is what I do, mm-hmm. but I do, I can do a lot too. I can go and walk on a new station radio mm. station. Yeah. I know that about myself. Some people feel like, oh, at a certain age, you should only work for this station. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, just do classic, you know, and then maybe Smooth FM, which is more new soul and mm. jazz. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, I can go anywhere. That's how I feel. Yeah. Because music is music. Music for me is not, it doesn't have to be from the 70s or 80s. I'm listening to new 2020 stuff, of 2019 stuff. My music library is from the 60s, to 50s actually to now. So, but it's also a matter of interest for the person. If you like music and the extent to which you like music. Some people get on radio and find out that the music doesn't appeal to them. It's talk radio mm-hmm. that appeals to them. Yeah. So then, you know, in that instance, you can decide that, you know what? I want to do more of talk radio. Mm-hmm. Now that I've done both, I find I'm comfortable with talking. And then you can switch, you know, and go to a, a talk radio station. But I feel that people who are starting now just do the, okay, I'm a radio presenter. You have to go through that for years to truly find out, okay, so now what do I really want to do? And how do I want to do it? Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you find that you, you are able to make a decision. But do you think that the competition now is so stiff, man, that in your time, when you were when you first started, it was easier for you to say, okay, I wanted, I'm able to try so many things. Now, it's like you want to be trying. They'll just replace you with someone else. Well, it also depends on the station. Sure. It depends on the people who run the station, how flexible they are mm-hmm. with the policies and what they've set up for their company. Like, I know I'm not allowed to play um, new music, but as near as new as I can play, I will play. So, like, on Classic, for instance, we have a show called Covers, Samples, and Originals. And what it is is you play the old one, mm-hmm. but then you play the new one. Yeah. Maybe not the new one of 2020, but there would have been a new one in 1999, mm-hmm. maybe 2005. And you. So what you do is you reintroduce the music to a new generation of people. Yeah. So I feel like um, if you are mindful of where you're going, then you learn to sort of edge between those things that you're not supposed to be doing in such a way that it will add value. I'm going to go back to something. I interviewed Mr. Ogumbao. I don't know if you know him, Mr. Leko Ogumbao. He was the former, um, what was Uncle Leko's thing? He was the former, he was the person head of, at the head of um, LTV. I forget his name. Permanent yeah. secretary. He was a permanent secretary of LTV. Okay. And... 
he's also a broadcaster mm-hmm. and, and he we talked about radio presenters my age and slightly younger what 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 is his perspective mm-hmm. on the new generation of presenters and he wasn't that happy about the the new school <laughs> yes ma mm-hmm. do you have <laughs> it's so sassy do you have the same or do you share the same sentiment that there's a lot of work to be done or it is a case of we'll find our way as we're make as we're growing. Okay, so I started radio late. I started radio at forty four, mm. so I was very clear about you know where I was going, who I wanted to be, and who I didn't want to be, and that nothing about being a celebrity or being on radio would make me do. Mm. But if you're young, you're in your twenties and thirties, you're ready to try anything. You try, it doesn't work, you do something else. But you're going to fall quite a bit, but eventually you'll get the hang of it. So I find it really unfair when people come for new presenters, um, because things like, where are you coming from? What kind of training have you had? How does the station support the person what are you doing to educate yourself and who are you who are, who who is your mentor who do you listen to who how do you tick all those boxes you know when you start to tick those boxes and then personality also matters because as a radio presenter on air personality too as they call them what you're selling is your personality so your personality is a lot of is a lot of the radio personality in you so you have to decide am i going to do me Am I going to do me mixed with a bit of that? Do I want to be American today, Yoruba tomorrow? Do mm-hmm. I want to have an Igbo accent the next day? Yes, do I want to have an Italian accent? Do I want to have a French accent? All those things are daily decisions that you will struggle to if you haven't found your identity. And it does take a while to find your identity on radio. Very few people come onto radio and, you know, a slam dunk it. Yeah. You you have to, okay, this one that I'm trying to pronounce and speak for it, it's not working for me. Let me just stick to my, you know, so there's a lot of Q&As that you will battle with yourself to mm-hmm. get to where you're, you feel you need to be because it's a feel you need to be. And you may get there and find that, mm-mm. I don't like this place. I want yeah. to move. So it's a, it's a, it's bouncing back and forth and back and forth. And, and I do admire anyone who decides to go on radio now because there is a lot to cover. And if you don't read up and you're not in the know and you're not exposed, you will get found out. So you have to do a lot of homework. And do you think that that is not just tailored to music? You need to oh, be. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's going on here? What's yeah. going on in Italy? What's going on in America? What's going on in London? Mm-hmm. You know, who's the new prime minister? Uh, the name of all the states and the ministers and whatever. Those are things you need to learn because you don't ever want someone to come on and say something and then you're thinking, um, and then they say something like, oh, you know, look at said governor, uh, you know, Babaji this or you're like, sorry, uh, who's. That should never happen to you on radio. Mm-hmm. And that's why the way you craft your conversations are very important so that. You steer the conversation in such a way that the radio station shines. Yeah. It's not about you, it's about the radio station. And if you're thinking of the radio station, then you know that you come second. So you do the work. We're lazy about it. But a good presenter, I'm telling you, you won't, they won't get found out. You, you just said something, steer the conversation in a way that the radio... That's such a... I love that line. That's cool. Steer the conversation. Yeah. So if you know you're speaking to someone, there's some guests that you have, you know that they know their onions and no matter how you read up, you're not going to get on the same level with them. So you start the conversation by curating clever questions that won't put you out there in a bad light. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by steer the conversation. So you ask the important questions, but the way you'll ask the questions are very important. So if you know where someone is from, what they've done, and then 
and talking to them, you see that this conversation is going to expose the fact that you only learned about the first 20 years of his life and not the second. When he answers that question, you're going to just totally take him off where he's going and take him somewhere else and reintroduce another another part of the interview. Yeah. That's what you do. So there's an element to that, the technique that you have to, you as a presenter, you, you have, have to, to have. So it's yeah. not disjointed. That's, that, thank you for that tip. <laughs> um, now, what are your thoughts on the current state of the music industry for someone who loves music i mean you look at covid19 and you see the significant impact that it has had and will likely continue to have maybe for the next two years what are your thoughts on the music industry in nigeria particularly i will say this i mean i've been following nigerian music since i was oh, 12 13 i've been listening to nigeria. My, my father played it he played from the fuji to juju to mm. Sakara and Akbala, he, my dad had it all. Because he yeah. liked jazz and high life, right? Yeah, yeah. And high life, you know, my mom loves classical, classical music. music. So I was exposed to so much good music. But thankfully, Nigerian music as well. Um, so I don't just know Nigerian music of today. Mm-hmm. I know Nigerian music like 50 years back because mm-hmm. I was listening to it as a child. Yeah. And I feel that Nigerian, the only issue I have with a lot of the artists that I listen to now is content, you know, the lyrics. They have gotten so good with putting the music together, you know, writing a good beat. And and so most Nigerians I find have trained their ears to just listen to the beat. the beat without listening. But I struggle with listening to one without the other. For me, it's, 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 the two have to go hard. So if I'm listening to a silly song, you know, and I'm listening, the music is really good. After a while, I find I'm going to listen less to that song because I find something offensive or I find something very silly. And so then I'll switch on to another song or another artist. I feel that the time has come in Nigeria now to start using songwriters people who will write you a good song. You know, when you listen to Marvin Gaze, Let's Get It On, um, What's Going On, We Are The World, Heal The World. You know, there's so many, you know, Dino Ross is I'm Coming Out, you know. There's so many songs that I listen to now. And I, when I, I'm, can you see the, my gesture? I, I, I'm, that means I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm trying to articulate. What did I just listen to? But do you think that there are two issues some Nigerian um, artists don't want to use songwriters because maybe they feel that they will be exposed as they're not songwriters. Because they have to pay, one, and give them royalties. And then two, there seems to be this pushback from, um, with Nigerians that why are you using a songwriter? So even if the artist wants to sound like Davido, he's very um, he's very forthcoming. I'm like, I use this person as a songwriter and I'm thankful for the person writing the song. And then you see some comments from some Nigerians and they say, ah, so clearly you're not talented. What, where do we... Talent has nothing to do with um, songwriting. songwriting. There's a lot of aspects to music. Songwriters, composers, producers, the artist itself. So your talent is where, where you're comfortable. If Davido, for instance, knows that, man, I'm, man I, don't, this is, I don't like doing it, I can't do it. You should hire someone. It makes what you do better. It will add a lot more value to what you're doing if you get someone who's as good as what you do at what they do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have a good ear for music. People send songs to me, I will say, oh, what do you think? I haven't finished it before I mix it. Can you tell me? And I'll be like, 
there's not enough on there, you know. There's it's not deep enough. I'm not talking of the lyrics now, you know. I'm talking of the music itself, and I'll be like, well, you know, the pace is a bit too slow. It's like everything else in the industry. I think that you know the horns should have come at the end instead of in the middle, mm-hmm. and I think maybe a guitar would accentuate something. And then I'll come to the lyrics, and when it comes to lyrics, I'm usually not very nice. I'll be like, it's rubbish. I'll, or I'll say like it's really good, you know. But you know, you're writing like your what age? Who's your target audience? Because it also matters in the kind of words that you're going to use when you're writing. When you ask or you're writing this, the song itself. Yeah. So if you say to a songwriter, "I want a love song that cuts across to a twenty-something-year-old," that's a different kind of vibe to if you say. You know, a lot of 50-year-olds listen to me. I want a love song, you know. Mm. Then you have to get it. You have to use the words like love and mm-hmm. affection yeah. and and hug. But you don't have to use that for the <laughs> younger generation. They, they, there's like a total different code yeah. for, you know, how <laughs> yeah. to have a conversation with them. So I get offended a lot with the lyrics and uh, I think that we can do so much better. But I know that this is a an often used argument about the fact that Nigerians don't care about lyrics. We we just want to dance and all these different things. We do things. care about lyrics. A lot of us yeah. have just decided that you know what, I don't want to give myself stress. Headache. Let me just listen to the beats. Yeah, and so they do. They have trained themselves. But when you sit down and have a conversation with them, and you you get to find out the kind of songs that they listen to, that's how you know that they care. And so. Those songs remain feel good songs for them. Yeah, it won't be songs that they go to that they would play when they're in their homes. Mm-hmm. It won't be. Gee, but do you think that with the NSARS movement, that there has been some type of awakening that maybe artists are now going to be more thoughtful about the songs that they release? Not nobody's saying that you should only release albums that are about suffering and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. But you're conscious going to, yeah, music, exactly yeah. conscious music. Do you think that the NSARS has um in some way helped? I, I think the NSARS has affected people in different ways, and people have learned different lessons from it. You know, so what I learned from it is probably not what you did. So what did you learn be, from it? What I learned from it is that you know it's never too late to speak up, mm-hmm. and speak up we must, and also know when to stop talking and start doing because there's a difference between talking and doing yes but i also feel like um you should write songs about the things that you're passionate about you don't have to write about answers mm. what answers should have done is to let people know that everybody adds value to their country and if you take that that's the larger bit everybody every artist should be able to add value to the music industry mm-hmm. So years after you're done, you know, like a King Sonny idea and Bob Marley and Michael Jackson and, and Prince, we are still interested in the songs that you did when we weren't here, mm-hmm. when you had gone. So if you think legacy, for instance, you can decide that conscious music is what I want to do. And that's fine. Own it and kill it. Mm-hmm. But don't leave your passion for what you know you will excel at and go and do something because it pays your bills. What you need to do is find the balance between, okay, this is what I want to do, but I also know that if I sing it in such a way, if I use a certain beat, it will earn me a bit of street cred. Yes. So it's that that balance I keep talking about. It's a lot of people struggle with it. It's about finding the balance. So do an answer song, but you can't do answer song for life. Yeah. You can do conscious music, but you know, do reggae, do conscious pop music, conscious hip hop, do conscious juju. Ju- you know, you have to keep. You know, reinventing what you do yeah. while not changing the message. Yeah. One of my favorite songs that 
it's it's like a protest song, but it's also very groovy. Is Idris Abdul Karim Jaga Jaga? Oh, Jaga Jaga. That song. Oh, I that mean, song was very controversial. Yeah, when it, it came yeah, out. Yes, it was man. like, ah, can you say Nigeria? Jaga, Jaga. Exactly. I have a song at the moment that I love. It's What's by um, Ajebo Hustlers. It's called This Country Nawa. <laughs> I've heard that. Uh, it's I'll called it uh, the title of the song is Barao. Okay, but it is such a dope song. It's yeah. a great song when you listen. You're like, you know, the things that they're talking about. It's new school, mm-hmm. but for me, that song, if I'm doing like a protest in 20 years, it will be part of my playlist. Yeah. And it was part of my NSAS playlist because I did lots of playlists. Yes, yes. I, yeah. I, I know that. I listen to my, my mom, yeah, talked about that as well. So that's why, again, before, total side note, I'm thankful for you doing this because I know that you're so busy mm. and the fact that you're able to squeeze me in my, really, it means so much and to I me. Want, I, wanted to, I wanted to do this because um, I find that we're not big on documentation in Nigeria. Yeah. And documentation could be... A podcast could be a book, could be an interview, could mm-hmm. be a hangout, but we don't reveal much. We say what we think we're supposed to say, and yeah. I'm always like, if I'm not doing it the way I want to do it, then I'm not interested. And I think it's always for me. This is which is why I'm really passionate about this podcast. Is that we need to speak to the people behind the scenes, people that are doing great stuff. Give people their flowers when they're still alive. Don't yep. now start doing it when mm, the person is gone. When he was here, exactly. She was yeah. So and to share your wisdom, you know, people that want to follow your path, what insights can you share with them? So, and speaking about that, what insights would you give to people who want to become radio presenters like yourself? Hmm. Do it afraid, because I did it afraid, and out of that fear came shawls, the shawls that you know today. Shaw's also now a brand that people want to identify with. Don't be afraid to try. I mean, I did it afraid, but I was also a bit of a chicken because, you know, I could have gone on radio and used my nickname and everybody would have known it was me. I would have fallen flat several times Mm -hmm. and, you know, get back up again. But I didn't go that way. I went an easier route. I hid. But in that space is where I found myself and found my voice mm-hmm. and, and found my way back to who I really wanted to be on radio. How do how can young people get their foot in the door? Is it just through internships? What if the place doesn't have internships? How do they do that? So Classic FM has Classic FM is a part of a, a company called Mega Electrics yeah. and we have four stations, Bit FM, Lagos Talks and Niger FM. Mm-hmm. So if you can't get into Classic, you can get into Bit. If you can't get into Bit, you can get, get into Lagos Talks. Yeah. And while you're in there you will just be very clever about navigating Networking. the circle you want to stay in. Mm-hmm. So if you come in on Beat, for instance, feel free to walk into Classic FM and say, hi, I'm interning on Beat FM, but I really like classic music, you know, and talk to the people, the people behind the mic are people, mm-hmm. they're humans. And yeah. so they've been where you are, you know, maybe they didn't start off that way, but they can relate. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to ask questions. I think we're not asking enough questions and because we're not asking enough questions we're not having the necessary conversations do you think we don't ask the enough questions or even the right questions because we're afraid of the answer or we just don't know that we should be asking those questions it's a balance between like should i ask, let me just leave let, let them not think i'm being too forward mm. you know it's like a child who's intelligent who who's bold and who will do anything and people will be like hey you don't say that to an adult you don't you yeah. don't do that but that child can't stop themselves they really are curious they want to know they will if you say don't go there they're going to go there if you say come down from that place they're going to come down for a second and and head back up there so it's just not giving up on 
on getting to where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. It's that fight. That fight has to remain in you because if you have that fight, you'll ask the questions. I mean, uh, my kids are growing up in a in an era where they'll be like, oh, so, one more, so why why do I have to, oh, so why did you do radio? Why did you say this on radio? I can't even imagine asking my parents that. So we grew up in a different era. Yeah. But at the time, I wished I could have. So I'm glad my kids can, can ask me those things. And mm-hmm. it's made me very open-minded about, you know, look, in order to change things, you have to be able to have a conversation. And you will only have a conversation if you're comfortable with the person you want to have the conversation with. Before we go to the future of radio, which is going to be my final question, do you think that Nigeria has this way of killing curiosity in children and adults? That curiosity of wanting to do better, wanting to be you're a bold person, and people will say, ah, Kilon Shele, you think you're the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. How can young people... I guess, navigate that issue in Nigeria? Well, my generation are slightly better than my parents' generation. We're a bit more open. Not all of us are open all the way, but I'm in the creative, you know, and I'm very open, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm open with my kids and, and, and I spend a lot of time with young people. And I think it's why I think the way I think on a lot of things and issues and how I see things, you know. And I feel that if something is important enough to you, you will find a way. Every other thing is an excuse. That's yeah. really my thought. Now, um, final question before we go on to the fun random questions. What do you think is the future of radio? Because as you've heard, it's someone who works in the radio, radio, it seems like radio is dying and then radio comes back to life. <laughs> what radio, are your is never, radio is never going to die. There are traditionalists who will never let radio die. I still think that the place that we listen to music the most is in our cars. Mm -hmm. And that's never going to go away. As long as we're sitting in traffic and driving from point A to B and A to Z, radio is going to always be alive. But there's a different type of radio that's emerging, which is online radio. Mm -hmm. Because there's access to data now. Everything is digital. People, you know, they will say, oh, how can I listen online? And it also has opened up the market and the business of radio. Because you live in England, you can listen to radio stations in Lagos. I listen to BBC. I listen to Choice. I listen to a lot of radio stations that are not even here because I want to listen so I know, okay, what are they doing in South Africa? What are they doing in London? Okay, so that's so they can say this. Okay, so when you read the news, you can do this. That's how you rediscover. So I feel that traditional radio may look like... Mm. It's going away. But it's there mm-hmm. and it's never going away. Additional um, radio can come online. Maybe there will come a time where Satellite. we, yeah, we, we, we walk around and radio is literally, you know, you know, on the streets. But I feel that traditional radio is here to stay. But online radio is catching on, especially if you are a specialist radio station. So, for instance, jazz. I still don't think that in Nigeria you can have a station that just plays jazz. Why? Because you have bills to pay, you need adverts and stuff. So you can go online yeah. and monetize and decide between four and eight. You know, So I have a radio station called Shaw's FM and I decide, okay, from 12 to 6 I want to broadcast. A lot of things are going to emerge and mm-hmm. the new way. And Corona has also taught us that getting online and getting digital is the new way forward mm-hmm. because... When the pandemic started, we were not equipped to deal with half of what we're dealing with now. We're thinking, okay, I want to go, I want to eat Amala. Do I get to the restaurant? Oh, the restaurant is closed. We figured it out. Loss of income. It's amazing the creativity level that comes when money is not coming into your bank account. So I think the future of radio is still still very much, I'm hopeful, yes. And what do you do to keep yourself from burnout? On the days that you don't feel like talking, but you have to go to work? (laughs) (laughs) This is a very interesting question. What I do from burnout to avoid burnout is um, 
there's a certain level of professionalism you have to have to be a radio presenter because what we do is so personal and it's in real time. I say it when I get to the radio station a lot of days. I literally sometimes scrape myself off my bed. And when I get to work, within 30 minutes, I don't feel that way anymore. And when I come on and I want to talk, I'll be like, you are the reason I scraped myself off my bed this morning. And your primary job as a radio presenter is to make people feel better. People are listening to you for a million reasons. And because you don't know what those reasons are, you have to bring it, whatever it is. The minute you press that, pop, you have to switch from whatever is going on with you. So I switch from Shalom Gadget to shows. Yeah. And I go, Classic FM 97.3, the station that's playing every song, you know, da 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 Coming up now is Michael Jackson, Heal the World. We'll be right back. And the minute I finish saying that, I'll be right back. I go back to my... Compartmentalization. But by the time you do that once or twice, by the third or fourth air check, you're feeling better. Yeah. What that music and what the conversation is doing for that man out there, it starts to do for you too. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go on to the fun, random questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, ma'am. The first question is, who is your favorite artist and favorite album? Oh, my God. That's wickedness. It has to just be one. There's so much music in my head. You ask me my favorite artist. Yeah. Hey, this is a big question for me. I'm going to say Michael Jackson. Mm. And I say Michael Jackson because... When you listen to his songs, it takes you from high to low to change your life, get better, get stronger, do something different, nothing is impossible, stay in love, get married. He takes me through a range of emotions like, you know, he he can do rock. The only genre of music he didn't do was reggae. And I think it would have been only a matter of time. We never did unravel the genius that was Michael Jackson mm. and for that it's kept me I'm, I'm intrigued I'm still you know and what about the album my favorite album from Michael Jackson has got to be Off the Wall okay. Off the Wall <laughs> is yeah. the one is it. oh that's an album and yeah. I have those are good choices second question is name two movies that you can watch repeatedly <laughs> Waiting to Exhale <laughs> you are my mom How Stella Got Her Groove Back oh my god straight up <laughs> Straight up. So those two movies, those are oh, great movies, though. I know. <laughs> I see because I'm every character there. At some Ooh. point, I'm this woman who has been scorned, yeah. who has been dumped on. I'm this woman who's felt good, who's looked at that younger guy and felt, oh, he's cute. Yeah. Everything that's gone on in those two movies has happened to, yeah. to me anyway. Okay. Those are those are excellent choices. <laughs> Third question is favorite dish to cook. In case you like to cook, I don't know if you like to cook. I just had to ask that. I'm already dancing. <laughs> it would have to be a for you, and a for you because a for you for me is like is like a canvas. You can put in it whatever you want. If you're a fan of uh, poultry, it's there. Mm-hmm. If you are in the beef and meat, it's there. If you're a vegetarian, it's there. It's yeah. that one meal that nobody tells you how to do it. You cook it based on what you like. Fourth question is what mantra or principles guide your life? Whoever gives me the most peace gets the most time. Ah, isn't that those are words on marble? Like mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. I thank you for that. And final question is what has working on radio taught you about yourself? That's a wild question. 
And I'm really going to think carefully before I answer that question because <laughs> there are a lot of lessons. The main lesson I'll say is that um it's not always about you. Mm. Why do you say so? Because radio is bigger than any personality. Mm. It's bigger than, you know, shows, it's bigger than Chico, it's bigger than it's bigger than tools, you know. It, it's whatever you do on radio is never for you. It's for you. The, the listener. So it's taught me that it's not always about me. That's good. That's I think because I think there are lots of times we're very um we're delusional that everything's about us and it's 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 good to have that at the back of your mind that yeah. it's not always And about and if you switch that back to even daily living you yes, can use it. Yes, yeah. of course. You Whereby you are that. able to be empathetic towards what people are going through, yeah. right? All right, Ma, before we wrap it up, what should you be looking out for you in the next um next year, the next six months, next five years? So Keep at up. some point I'm gonna own a radio station online. Awesome. I've decided online is because of the kind of music that I think I'll wanna put out there. Mm-hmm. I think online will suit it better. It will be for a selected few. When and if I do retire from radio, it will also give me something to do. I also have just recently decided that I, I like what I do in every aspect of um, all the things that I do, emceeing and yeah, hosting, you, do that as well. you know, hanging with shows and doing playlists and talking. And I've been very blessed. Radio has um, afforded me a lifestyle that has kept me young and vibrant and relevant. And um, it's helped me... It's helped me to stay in touch with people. I've met a whole range of people, interviewed some amazing personalities, had opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise and um, exposed me to a lot more than I would maybe if I had a a nine-to-five job. And so a one-stop entertainment shop kind of business is what you know um i'm looking looking at doing for yeah and radio i'm lucky is a job that you can do no matter what age you are well thank you so much for your time this has been amazing this episode is produced and edited by me Bola shade anosier theme song for the show is by john akinola additional sound design is by john akinola as always you can subscribe to the show on apple podcast podbean Audio Mac, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. All you have to do is search for T-H-E-S-N-C Podcast. All one word, no spacing. And voila, we're there. Also, please, please, please leave us a hopefully positive review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show get discovered and grow. Thank you so much in advance. Looking forward to catching up in 2021 with brand new episodes. Please be safe. COVID-19 is real. And have a lovely Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you're celebrating. And of course, a splendid new year. Bye.